What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome to this podcast is delicious. I'm Ali Hassan. I'm Marco Timpano. Grinning, grinning ear to ear for some reason. I don't know what's happening. Is it just, are you happy to see me? Listen, I'm happy to see you. We haven't been on the air for a few weeks. I apologize to our listeners. It is your fault. It is your fault. I had some things come up. I'll I'll admit it. But um, man, I'm happy to be back in the studio here with you for this podcast. But I just want to mention that I was on your other podcast and had a great time. Doctor versus Comedian. If you get a chance to listen to it, I'll put a link to that episode in our show notes. But what a great podcast and, and, and what a great time I had. Yeah, and you know, our listeners might be wondering, uh, Marco, why were you on that podcast? You're neither a doctor nor anyone who's ever said something funny. So what True. role do you play? Actually, uh, Marco is a bit of a hero to my colleague, uh, Dr. Asif Doja, because Dr. Asif Doja wanted to get into podcasting. He didn't know exactly how to do it and how to get going and where to start. And this, it's quite, it's like a C, you know, and we've said this before and I'm going to repeat it. Marco Timpano wrote a little Bible about podcasting. Is it 25, Marco? It's 25, 25 things I wish I knew before I started my podcast, the world's longest title. And I've, I've uh, had the opportunity a number of times. Now I'm going to say like six or seven times over the last couple of years where people go in, I'm thinking of starting podcast. And the first thing I do is like, you get this book and that's what you do. Right. Thank you. And then, and then if you don't do it, it's on you. Uh, but this is like, everything is being handed. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two, you need to have like a, a, um, what is it? An addendum or a, what what do you call those? Updated version. Updated updated edition of all the changes. Sure. Yeah. That happened in technology. But yeah, I I know a lot of you listen to this and you go, Marco, you old schlub. He's actually a pro. This is your, I think, fourth podcast. You've dabbled in this world for quite some time. And, you know, your insomnia podcast does does very well as well. And yeah. So, um, but yeah, I I know just to hear him. I just want to throw focus on your podcast and not get away from that doctor versus comedian. I'm on the latest episode about food. Definitely check it out. Dr. Asif Doja is like remarkable. He really brings the yin to your yang, the Starsky to your hutch, the Laverne (laughs) to your Shirley. You know what I mean? It really, it really uh, is a, is a well-balanced, awesome uh, podcast. He's the Hudson to my Rex is another uh, Canadian reference I'll use here. Um, All right. You know what? We had a really good time doing an episode called French Lessons. Yes. Where Marco tried to humiliate me by throwing out French terms that I, uh, that he hoped I wouldn't know. It worked a couple of times, but in general. That was never my attention. It was just a happy accident. Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, I'm hoping for a happy accident today because we're going uh, Italian lessons with Marco and you guys don't, I don't say French things that much. Marco is like every, every fifth word is like a bellezza, and then a little bit of like a, a ciao. And I don't know what he's doing. It's always some kind of nonsense. So benvenuti a questo podcast è delizioso. Sono il tuo ospite Marco Timpano con Ali Hassan. Okay. It's Marco Timpano. Did timpano you say, in Italian. Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. Timpano is how you say it in Italian. Oh, I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like I should make that adjustment. Marco Timpano is so much more exciting. Yeah. Well, that's who you have today. On the, oh, <laughs> I like him. I like this guy already. Oh, my God. No wonder your energy is so high. You're, this is yeah. your moment. This is your moment to shine. All right. So I've got, 
a few. Uh, I've compiled a few terms. Okay. Al- alphabetically, so your mind isn't blown. And, sure. Um, I think. Look, this is my opinion of things that people kind of get a little bit, you know, uh, wrong or or a slightly incorrect or just plain don't really have an understanding of what it is in this I just I just want to say this. I don't have a problem with people not being able to say things in Italian because I know how that's how this is going to be construed. But yeah. rather, this is just sort of, listen, this is how you say the words. And if you if you want to attempt to say them correctly, great. And if not, you pronounce it how you will. Because people come into the restaurant and they'll often say to me, I want this. And, they'll, and they won't know how to say it. And they'll feel very apprehensive or they'll point to it because they're embarrassed. I'm like, no, just do your best to say it. If you don't, I'll correct you by saying it back to you correctly, but I won't say this is how you say it. You hear me say it. If you can reproduce that, great. If you can't, so be it. It's like me with French. I do my best with French. You can hear it in our episode, French lesson, but I don't get- What's that? Eh, your best? Well, it's, it's my grade eight best. Okay. <laughs> and, and here's my thing. At least I try. And so I would say to you, look, listen, when you approach a different language, especially on a menu, just try. If you get it wrong, you get it wrong. No one's going to, you know, arrest you. Great. Okay. okay. All right. Let us start with, this is verses. I want to know. Okay. Amaretti. Yeah. Amaretto. Yeah. And biscotti. Now, one okay. of them is a beverage, and two of them are cookie-like things. Yes. Tell us about okay. amaretti, amaretto, and biscotti, and how these things are different. So they all have a similar sort of feel to them, right? Because they're all almond. They all make nod to the almond. So amaretti are those almond cookies, those Italian almond cookies that are kind of like round circles that usually have an almond pressed in the top. How um, do you say often- almond in Italian? Uh, Amarone, no? No, mandorle is how you say Oh, it has nothing to do with ama. Okay. I don't know. There's probably a... a Latin word. Now you, you, the first one you already caught me not knowing, but uh, you see, but you see, yeah, but uh, amaretti are the real cookies. Italian in here. Yeah, <laughs> amaretti are the cookies. Amaretto is that sweet liqueur that's flavor that has the almond flavor, even though it's not derived from almonds. It's derived from a pit of a seed from a nectarine or something like that. So it's it's an interesting beverage. But you've got amaretti, which are the cookies, the amaretto, which is the liquor, and biscotti, which means twice cooked. So it's the Italian cookies that you cook twice. Bis meaning twice, cotto meaning cooked, cooked. biscotti because it's more than one, uh, a single, a single one would be biscotto, but many, uh, of those cookies are called biscotti. And, uh, so it's a twice baked cookie is what that makes means. So the amaretto is the liquor. Amaretti biscotti are, uh, you could say are amaretti cookies, but you would never say that because amaretti are their own cookies, right? But, uh, to answer your questions, one's a cookie, one's a sweet liqueur, and one means twice baked cookie. And uh, is there a difference in the shape between the amaretti and the biscotti? I've always seen the biscotti sort of like, um, I, I don't know, half yeah. moon isn't exactly right, but you know what I mean? Like it's that that flat loaf that's baked and then it's cut into pieces. So it's just like that. It's always longer. A biscotti is a- I've always seen. This is a great question and it uncovers quite a bit. So you've got to picture it like this. Biscotti though we often use it to mean cookie, is an actual type of cookie, which is what you describe, a twice-baked cookie. So you make that mound, 
Mm-hmm. You bake that. You take it out of the oven. You cut them. You cut that mound into little strips. You put them on their side and you bake it again. And it becomes this crisp, long, finger-like cookie that a lot of people will, will have with coffee. You'll see it in your Starbucks, those biscotti, right? Sure. Amaretti are their own cookie. So you would never say amaretti biscotti. One might say, one might see a tray of Italian cookies and say they're all biscotti, but that would not be true. Amaretti are almond cookies. Biscotti are these twice-baked cookies. And Italians don't have like a plethora of cookies that they make, like say in American uh, desserts, but the ones that they do have their own distinct name is what I can say. And then amaretti can be any shape or is it typically just a round cookie? It's typically the round cookie. Yeah. It's the round uh, beige brownish cookie. Okay. Next up, uh, talking about risotto here, there's arborio versus cadaroli. Carnaroli? Carnaroli rice, yes. Yes. So risotto means that rice dish that we know, that that creamy Italian rice dish, right? Riso is rice, so you get risotto from rice, so it's the rice dish. And you can use different types of uh, Listen, let me stop you there for one second. Yeah. Biscotti, you said cotto means cooked. Right. And is the otto and risotto have anything to do with cooked or not really? I, I don't ah, think so. I, don't I, thought, I thought I was going to be a linguist here. Okay. Anyway, don't be, even worry could, about it. It could be, and they dropped the C there. Um, yeah. So that it would be risotto cooked rice. Yeah, I would I would go with that. Listen, I'm not I don't know the etymology of that. Cotto means rice, and to say riscotto would seem weird. Would have would have a really <laughs> odd sort of uh, combination. Cotto um, doesn't mean rice. Cotto means no. cooked. Is what you're right. saying. Right, and riso yes, yeah. means rice. And yeah. risotto is the rice dish, the Italian rice dish, right? Yeah. Um, and there's two different types of rice. So the arborio and the carnaroli. Yeah. Why go with one over the other? What's the, uh, who does what here? Uh, you know, so when you're looking at risotto, people think of Milan or Milano. Uh, that's where Milanese. that sort of is. Yeah, that Milanese, which means from Milan and, and that saffron rice that they make, the risotto Milanese, as you said. And so they, there's two types of rice to make. So we don't use jasmine rice, for example, to make risotto. We use uh, one of these two types of rice, arborio, which everyone sort of knows as the uh, rice for risotto. But canaroli rice is one of those uh, rices that is fantastic and and is, I think, almost superior to arborio rice when you're making risotto. Okay. So for those of you looking, you want to make risotto, which I would encourage everyone to make. It's not a difficult recipe to make. It just takes a bit of time. Look for either arborio rice or canaroli rice. Okay, you can go either way. And yeah. then when you make arancine... Or yeah. an, or an beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, that is uh, either one of these rices fried into balls the next day, or that can be any rice. Great question. Once again, it is typically the risotto rice that you have left over. You take, you make into a ball. You can put uh, some tim- some uh, cheese, cheese in the middle, yeah. or some meat, or some. Uh, tomato sauce in the middle, and then you fry that rice ball. So you have it as a dish the next day. Now with Italian, the last letter of the word will denote if it's plural or singular. So generally speaking, A's and O's mean it's singular. I's and E's mean it's plural. Biscotto, singular, one. Biscotti, multiple. But I'm not here to do a, a full Italian lesson. Well, that, yeah. no, but I, you know what? I, may I, I, I hope the listeners are as interested in that as I am. I really like knowing about that stuff. Okay. Um, just because in French and also in Urdu and in Punjabi, like the feminine, the masculine, the plural, they're all sure. dictated by the way the word is. It's not like, uh, you know, 
English is very strange that way. You can't tell if it's a thousand of something or one of something. The way exactly. You um, and aran- aran- arancini are plural. Arancia actually means orange. So oh. people, yeah, it's an orange because it's supposed to look like the size of an, orange, of an orange, right? Orange, yeah. Okay. And so that, that's, the, so if you say arancia in Italian, it means orange. Arancina are the uh, rice balls. All right. All right. Um, there's a toast you get, like a little toasted, maybe slice of a baguette or something. And you put a, um, you know, tomato mixture, yes. garlicky tomato mixture. How do you pronounce that? So that is, you know, so for some Italians, they get very upset when this is mispronounced. I don't. I understand that linguistically, when you look at it, you want to pronounce it in English. And in some of those rules, some of those Italian rules are hard to figure out, but it's bruschetta. Brew, like you're brewing a coffee and sketta, like you're sketting down a mountain. I don't know what you can use there, but bruschetta wow. is not, not bruschetta. Not, and, and here's the thing. You can say that word because here's the thing. You say chianti and not chianti. So it's just an S and K sound. Bruschetta is what you're going for there. Thank you, coach. Uh, I like how he says, I'm not bothered. And then his anger comes in. You can say it. You know you can. I don't care, but also I do care. Ali, the only thing that bothers me is when we're in a restaurant and I order the bruschetta and I still have the bruschetta and the waiter says back to me, oh, you mean the bruschetta. And I'm like, dude, stand back. I get that that's how you say it, but don't correct me. (laughs) I would love to be there with you to hear you say stand back to a waiter. That's very funny. Okay. Chiopino versus Cipollini. What are oh, the differences? Okay, so Chiopino is a Italian shellfish stew, right? It's a stew. It's a it's an actual stew. So like a like a bouillabaisse type of thing. Is it in that family? No, it's an chipotle? actual stew. It's a it's the name of a stew, Chiopino, and I don't even think it's Italian. I think it's from San Francisco originally. Italians in San Francisco made this stew called Chiopino, which is a f- shellfish stew or fish stew. You can imagine in San Francisco, the Italian fishermen would make this stew out of shellfish. Cipollini are small little onions. Cipolla yeah. is onion. When you put that ini on it, it makes it small. So little onions, Cipollini. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's still got it, folks. He's yeah. still got it. All right. Um, aperitivo versus digestivo. I know wow, we've talked man. about that at length uh, on some of our episodes. Um, many of you will know that, you know, we used to be eat and drink. That yeah. was the name of this podcast is delicious. And we would really focus on Marco making a drink yep. and then I would make a food recipe. All of those uh, episodes, by the way, exist. Uh, you can, you can find those online. And so we used to go heavy into that, but I feel like it's been quite some time mm-hmm. since you've talked about these these things and and what they mean to you. So tell me about aperitivo and digestivo. Okay, I wasn't expecting it to be uh you know this versus that, Ali. So you really have my mind raised, like figuring it out. So an aperitivo and a digestivo. Whatever oh. makes you uncomfortable, that's what gives me pleasure. You know, so this Definitely. is great for me. Yeah. So the aperitivo, these are both drinks, as you said, aperitivo is your pre-drink, your pre-meal drink. So it would be something you would drink to what, what Italians would say would be open up your palate or open up your, your, your stomach ready for the meal you're about to have. Right. And it looks, it looks like the word appetizer, but it is always a beverage. It is never food an aperitivo, right? No one says you like some appetizers and it's the word, uh, that's a different word in Italian. No, that's antipasto, right? So yeah. So, so antipasto, aperitivo is, if you say to someone, we're going to have an aperitivo and Italians will sh- shorten it to apero. Apero is what they say. You know, it means a pre-beverage. That's the apps. That's the apps of the Italian language or appies. Meaning yeah, that yeah. We, sh- we shorten the word appetizers to appies or apps. No, 
No, we've, we've shown English, the drink. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, this is solely You're talking about the drink. drink. Yeah. Because if uh, we were in Italy, you and I, we would say, let's go to the bar and have an aperitivo or an apero before we go to dinner. Let's chat. Let's open up our palate. Let's have a drink just between you and me, two friends, mm-hmm. and then we'll join the rest of them for dinner or we'll have dinner after sure. that. But it's, it's an event prior to dinner, right? So we Got would it. have- and- Tell me the type of, like, give me three examples of aperitivos. Great, uh, great. Thank you. That's a great question. So you, the classic uh, Aperol spritz, everybody's really into. Anything with that sort of Campari or Aperol flavor. So a Negroni would be great, a Campari, uh, a Prosecco. These are all things that you would have prior to having your meal, and it would help open up your palate. A digestivo, digestivo, it would mean a digestive. So it would be something you have after your meal, after a big meal to sort of settle your stomach. Um, and so it's a, di- a digestive. I think in French, there's a word for that too. When you digestive, have a, digestive, right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so these are going to be stronger drinks or stronger uh, types of alcohol, like grappa. You're going to have your amaros then. That's what you're going to have after your, after your dinner to help settle your stomach or help push that food down and just let it sit nicely. Okay. Now, I, based on what you've already said, I, I got this in my head, but I'm going to go through it anyway. Mm. Dolce and dolci. What, okay. is, what is yeah, the difference? Yeah, so dolce means uh, a sweet. Dol- uh, so like a, dolce means sweet, basically, is what it means. But it also can mean sweet, uh, as in a sweet um, dessert, right? Yeah. Dolci is the, is the plural. So you would probably say dolci for desserts, right? That's what you said, dolci. Sure. And that's where you get the word la dolce vita, the sweet life. You wouldn't say la dolce vita because that would be the sweet uh, the sweets life. So la dolce vita, dolce meaning uh, singular for sweet, dolce meaning plural. Right. And I think anyone who knows Spanish has seen the word dulce, yes. right? Dulce, dulce, dulce de leche. I think it's yeah, dulce, actually. Not it's dulce. Dulce, 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 dulce de leche. Yeah, yeah exactly. Dulce. So that's also uh, the same thing, right? A yeah. sweet, sweet yeah. milk and all that. All right. Uh, let's go to... Um, Give me a second. He's here. freaking me out. He's he's. I know he's coming up with something. <laughs> uh, while he's looking, I just want to say there's a great uh, Twitter handle or Twitter feed you can follow called Italians Mad at Food, and it's just tweets that Italians will make where they where they see something that Americans have done to Italian food and gets them very upset, and it, it has brought me quite a few laughs. So check that out. Tell me about the word frutti. Uh, which looks like fruit, yeah. but when you have it with uh, di mare, it is seafood, frutti di mare. So what That's does right. frutti mean? Okay, so you're right. It means fruit. So frutti di mare. Fruit yeah, mare means the sea. So this is the yeah. fruit of the sea, in other words. So this seafood that you're having in various dishes, uh, a linguine, frutti di mare, is linguine with the fruit of the sea, which would be various seafood items. You, typically, that's like shrimp, calamari, uh, mussels, uh, vongole, which are clams. You know, that's fruit fruit of the sea. Ah, yeah. fruit yeah. of the sea. Okay, yeah. all right. So it, it is the word fruit. Okay, yeah. tell me about uh, marinara versus marsala. And marsala is a tough one because if you drop the R for mm-hmm. South Asians, masala is something completely different, completely different from okay. marsala. So uh, give me marinara and marsala. What are okay, we talking so- about? You're actually putting two things that should not be categorized together. Exactly. So marinara is a plain tomato sauce. So if you get a pizza marinara, it's going to be a uh, pizza, like the pizza crust, with just a tomato sauce in it with a little bit of uh, rosemary 
or um, I want to say oregano on it. It's going to be very simple versus the margarita. So you've got the, the two classic Italian pizzas are marinara and margarita. Marinara, like I said, plain tomato sauce, margarita, tomato sauce, um, uh, mozzarella, and basil representing the Italian flag, red, white, and green, the classic Italian thing. Marsala is a rich brown fortified wine from Sicily, and it's a little bit sweet. It's often found in Ital- Italian dishes. You'll see it say something uh, marsala, uh, veal marsala, or I can't think yeah. of a dish with marsala, but it's that wine. Yeah. So you say I should not be putting those two things together, mm-hmm. but in fact, marsala looks like the word masala. And if you think of like chicken tikka masala, yes. that is kind of like a South Asian marinara sauce oh, with okay. our own South Asian flavor. So for a guy growing up with the word masala in his life from day one, and then you see marsala, you're con- and and as you just said, it's a sauce fortified with that wine. So you it's that wine. always it's- wind up thinking. Yeah. And I speak on behalf of South Asia. You know, I've I've learned this many years ago right. that that's what a marsala is. But I am I ask you specifically because I know for okay. a fact that there would be people who grew up the same way I did, knowing the word masala, knowing. It's, it's, you know, spices or a spicy sauce. And uh, so I, I bring that to everyone's attention that the Marsala has nothing to do with that. Although that wine yeah. can be added to a sauce. Marsala to, uh, is the wine. And yeah. when you see it, if you're someone who, who has an aversion to alcohol, avoid it because it's going to have that wine, Marsala wine. And it's often used in sauces. Okay, good. Uh, tell me about the word Pomodori. Okay, pomodoro is the singular of tomato. Pomodori is the plural tomatoes. So pomodoro sauce is a tomato sauce. Pomodori are is the plural for for, for tomatoes. Is pom an apple and is dori uh, like you know darkened or dark? No, doro do, no. so do, doro means uh, golden, right? Gold. Oro That's is what gold, I, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, sure, no but, but pomo. Um, I don't know the actual etymology of Pomodoro. There might be some Latin connection between apple, golden apple, meaning tomato, but uh, apple in Italian is mela. So totally different thing. So Pomodoro is tomato as best I know it. Yeah. I'm trying to bring French into the Italian because pomme de terre is potatoes, which is apple of the earth, which makes no, you would never take a potato. And And that was a different episode in a different language. So let's try not to conflate the two, (laughs) right? Because you know my disdain for the French already, and now you're bringing them into my language? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Let's take it easy. Uh, Tell me about panettone. Okay, so we've had an episode on panettone, right? So panettone yeah. is a Christmas um, cake, a Christmas fruit bread. Uh, it comes around, um, you know, Christmas. It's a yeast fruit filled bread um, that's sweet. So a sweet bread, if you will, that comes around Christmas time. It's originally from Milan. Milan pane means bread. They uh, they 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 conjecture that it could have been Tony's bread. That's where it gets its name. There's a lot of when Pane it comes to stories. Italians have a million stories for everything in their country, including the cuisine. So I don't know the validity of that, but panettone is that Christmas sweet bread. Okay. Uh, now you say fruit filled, but it's not always fruit filled. No, no, it has because little candy fact, fruit. I told yeah. you, but wait a second. What yeah. about when you yeah. have like chocolate in it or hazelnuts and all? Is that not? Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The classic panettone is a simple, um, I shouldn't say simple because it's actually quite laborious to make. It is a uh, candied fruit filled yeast bread. Then because that's not a 
appetizing to kids because kids are used to sweeter sweets or desserts. They started to incorporate chocolate chips in it, and then they started to cover it in chocolate. Those are all variations of panettone, and you can call them panettone, but the classic panettone, the way the Lord meant it to be, is a bread with candied fruit in it. The Lord, uh, that's why it's served at Christmas, because it's the Lord's bread. Now, the thing Baby is, though, Mark, Jesus we used did... to sleep on a panettone in his, in his manger. Baby Jesus slept on a panettone in his manger for a pillow. Based on what I think about panettone, yeah. that was an uncomfortable sleep for Jesus. Anyway, you, when we did the panettone episode, we had three types of panettone, yeah. didn't we? And what were they? Like there was a fruit one, there was a chocolate, because you were offended that I don't like panettone. And yeah, you were like, I, I still want am. you to try this. I want you to try this one. And then one of them, yeah. which was not the fruit one. Yeah. I really enjoyed. So I, that was I don't know. Pandoro. That was the Pandoro. So in Verona, they make a different version of panettone, which is called okay. Pandoro, which is has no, no fruit in it. It's a sweet bread that's been leavened, so that has yeast in it. And it's very tall, and you sprinkle icing sugar on it. I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one you liked. Okay. Yeah. Right it's supposed right. to look like the Alps. They make it look like a mountain. Sure. You sprinkle it with, yeah. All Man, right. I, the panettone is very controversial because I can feel my blood pressure getting up as I try I, to describe I see. it. Let's let's calm you down yeah. Yeah. by uh, by help you know illustrate to people what's the difference between pane, pane, and then, yeah. and then pana. Oh, okay. So pa- okay. So okay, I see what you're doing. So you're getting similar words together and you're putting them together. You're not actually classifying them as as okay. So well, I've been apologies. doing it. I've been doing it for about 23 minutes, and yeah. only now you're like, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It you takes me a while. Listen, okay. Oh, my yeah. my mind is shifting from one language to the other. So pane, <laughs> p-a-n-e, is bread. As in panettone. As in panettone or panino or panini, as people might know, right. which is a sandwich right. made of bread, right? So you've got right. your panin, panini press is what yeah. it's often called, right? For those of us who speak French, pain. Like right. pain. pain. Exactly. Pain and this isn't the French episode. So no, it's again, pain, again, right? Yes. Just some people might be yeah. Uh, yeah. more interested in French than Italian. So okay. When, it, when, when you ask for panini, let's go for panini, you're actually saying sandwiches, right? Panino is the singular. So you'll say Italian, sure. you'll see Italian say panino because they only want one. Okay. And panna is cream, is how we say cream. So panna cotta, which is a famous uh, Italian dessert, panna cotta is actually a cooked cream. Cooked we talk, cream, as we you say, cotto is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there yeah. we go. We're learning things. Yeah, cotto learning. Uh, or cotti, if it was plural, but panna cotta is cooked cream. Panna is 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 cream. If you go to Italy and you get an ice cream gelato, they'll say, "Do you want panna on it?" And a lot of Americans will say yes, and then they'll just see Italians squirt some whipped cream on it. And they'll be like, "What did they just do to my gelato?" But that's what panna is. Yeah. <laughs> um, pepperoni versus pepperoncini. Okay. Okay, this is this is okay. This Again, is, completely different things. Okay. I yeah. get it, but if okay. you're not used to seeing these yep. words and you order pepperoncini on your pizza, you might be like, "This is weird. This is nothing. This is none of the meat that starts with the same whatever six letters." Okay, it it, it becomes interesting. I'm going to talk about pepperoncini first. Pepperoncini are dried red chilies. All right. Generally speaking, uh, chilies come from the southern part of Italy, Calabria in particular. Pepperoncini are Italian. Uh, hot, uh, dried flakes. Now you said you said red, yeah. But also, you will find bottled. They'll say pepperoncini yeah. on it, but it's like this greenish, yes, yellow greenish color as well. That's acceptable, or yeah. are you upset at that? No, that's fine. Pepperoncini means hot Italian peppers. Now, as far as spice level is concerned, it Italian spice is not like South Asian spice or certain sort of um, you know. Uh, 
Mexican spices, the heat level isn't quite the same. So I'll just for you Northerners, you Northerners are pretty wimpy in that. But if you meet somebody from the South Sicilians as well, these guys are pickling some serious, um, uh, Pepperoncini. They, yeah. They've got some very serious yeah. uh, peppers uh, that they often pickle or marinate in oil, yeah. and it's got some serious kick to it. But yes, not that same level of yeah. like the West Indies yeah. and Mexico. Yeah. So pepper, pepperoni, pepperoni, in in Italian and in English means two different things. Pepperoni in English is the salami that you find on pizza, the specific type of salami that's find found on pizza. Right. If you go to Italy and ask for a pizza with pepperoni, you're going to get a pizza with peppers on it. Pepperoni just means peppers. So you're going to get like green peppers or they're going to look at you strange. Pepperoni means peppers. In English, it means the salami that we put on pizzas. This is very interesting. Yeah. You see, you've already saved people an embarrassment yeah. in their trips or, or confusion yeah. anyway on their trips to Italy. Yeah. Can I just back up? Because I know we're on peas now, but if we go back to L, this is very important because when you order a latte in Canada or in America, latte, you're getting a coffee drink. But latte means milk in Italy. So if you go to a bar and you ask for latte, you're going to get milk. Cafe latte is coffee with milk or latte macchiato is milk that's been marked with coffee. And we mentioned it in a coffee episode of the show. So you can go back to see that. But just so you know, if you happen to be going to Italy and you want coffee, you ask for an espresso or a cafe latte or latte macchiato. Just to put it back into the language that people appreciate more than Italian, it's like a cafe au lait, right? Yeah, cafe latte yeah, is a yeah, cafe au lait yeah. as well, if, which people are more accustomed. France and drinking swill, all right? <laughs> if you want to drink swill, that's not real coffee, not, nothing that has any strength to it, you can order that. Okay, back to uh, pepperoni does not mean meat no. in Italian. That's very important, and yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that, so that's uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um, tell me what this... Again, this is just words, but pizza versus pizzelle. Okay. Pizza versus pizzelle. Yeah. Like okay. it's very different, but why the similar spelling? Okay, so here's on? here's an interesting thing. So that double Z combination gives you the TZ sound in English and Italian. So it's pizza, right? We all know yeah. what pizza is. I don't think I need to explain that. So when you get pizzelle, it's a sweet, um, it's a it's a it's a cookie. Once again, this is another cookie that has its own name. And it's an embossed wafer cookie that's made in a press. And that's P-I-Z-Z-E-L-L-E, pizzelle. But it still has that T-Z sound. Pizza versus pizzelle. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back to meat here okay, and talk yeah. about uh, porchetta. Okay. I love it. I know. Yeah. I know people are saying porchetta. Yeah. But as Marco has trained us, yeah. the uh, Führer. Yeah. And and bile that was rising in the back of his when when he when he talked about bruschetta, it's obviously porchetta. Yeah. And uh, porchetta versus prosciutto. Okay. So I'm going to talk about porchetta versus prosciutto and pancetta because that's where we see things yes. that change. Okay. So yeah. porchetta is spelt with an H, right? Like Chianti, when you have the CH combination, it modifies the sound. So you've got porchetta, which is a spit roasted stuffed pig. And if you haven't, if you do eat pork, I strongly recommend trying porchetta, especially if you're in Italy. In Italy, I think it's like on Thursdays they make porchetta. There's a day of the week where they make porchetta mm. and it's fabulous, right? Okay. 
Okay, so also if you're in Sudbury, Ontario, yes. they make great porchetta there. Uh, I sound like I'm joking, but there is such a great community. If anyone is in the nickel mining industry or just going to Sudbury for fun, porchetta there. Again, it's Sundays, I think, in particular. Yeah. Because I remember when I was leaving, mm-hmm. they were like, wait, you're leaving tomorrow morning? Stay for porchetta and then leave. And uh, I did, and it was a mistake. That was a tough drive back home. Anyway, I ate too much. I overate the porchetta, but yeah, it's, uh, it is to be tried. I'll agree with you there. Okay, so that's yeah. porchetta. So prosciutto is cured ham leg, ham, ham. So that's cured versus cooked. Porchetta right. is always cooked. Yeah. Yes. And right. it's sliced like the Iberico ham that a lot of people see, the Spanish ham. Prosciutto is that ham and prosciutto di Parma. So prosciutto from the region of Parma, where we get Parmigiano cheese, is really um, highly prized, apprezzato in Italian. And then you have pancetta, which pancha is the word for belly in Italian, and it's pork belly. So it would be be Italian version of bacon, although it's very distinct. So whenever you say it's like Italian version of bacon, one might expect bacon. It's not. It's its own thing. But that's the closest thing that we can get to uh, what what you might recognize. So like even panna cotta, people ask me, what's panna cotta? What kind of dessert is that, right? And to say cooked cream doesn't make sense to people. So you kind of have to put it in people's perspective. What would be an equivalent for them to understand? And I, I don't. I always say panna cotta is its own thing and it has a pudding-like consistency. That's about all I can say. But So pancetta is pork belly and people often uh, conflate it and say it's like bacon, but I don't think it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, more uh, clarification required on this very confusing language, Italian, <laughs> with uh, salame versus yeah. salami versus salumi. Oh, okay, man. Okay, okay let's so start sal- with salame. Let's start with salame. Salame is a singular salami. Salami is okay. plural. So a lot okay. of salami. That's very easy. Yeah. Okay. And then salumi is... Uh, salumi. salumi, she barely knew me. <laughs> It salumi is all the salami that is available. So sal- salami is it's one thing. And then salumi encompasses prosciutto, speck, uh, pancetta. All those cased cured meats are under the category of salumi. He's right, folks. He's oh, right. Man, In case you were worried one. about his hesitation there, it's this sort of the umbrella term, yeah. right? The Italian yeah. cured meats. And... Uh, Brazaola and, and Brazaola, yes, all, all of those Speck, fit under that. Guanciale, yeah. pancetta, porchetta, capicolo, all that goes under salumi. Wow, you really had me there, dude. You really, really had me there. I had to really think. <laughs> you kind of, my mind kind of got twisted there like a Rubik's Cube. Good, good. That's what we want here. Um, and what is salsiccia, by the way, in that same? It's, oh, that's, that's just a, the word for, yeah. Thank me. you. So salsiccia, unlike sal, salami, salsiccia is sausage. Sausage versus salami. Sausage okay. is cased, you know, is stuff you fry on the stove or you you bake bake in the oven that is like raw, like raw meat that has to be cooked. Whereas, Not cured. Yeah, and sal, sal, salami or salumi are air cured meats. Okay. Uh, we just got a few more. Okay. I can see you sweating. Let's get yeah. it. <laughs> uh, Zucca versus Zuppa. You see these Z- two okay. words, they look si- similar. You think like, oh, maybe they, they're the same thing with a tiny, um, uh, you know, uh, a tiny adjustment, but actually they're worlds apart. So I just wanted to get that out there too. Zucca versus Zuppa. Okay. Zuppa 
is soup. Z-U-P-P-A. Zuppa is soup. So you'll see zuppa di pesce, which is a fish soup. Pesce mm-hmm. is fish, right? Zucca with two C's, Z-U-C-C-A, is squash. Interesting thing. You know how I say, said in Italian, every um, dessert, every cookie has its own name to mean what it is? Here's where the reverse is true. Zucca encompasses all squash. Whereas in North America, if we say pumpkin, it's a specific type of squash, right? So you would say that's a squash, that's a summer squash, that's a pumpkin, right? Pumpkin mm. is its own thing. Like Italian desserts or Italian cookies, amaretti and biscotti are their own thing. But in Italian, when we're talking about squash, Everything is a zucca. So if you had a pumpkin, you would call it zucca. If you had a summer squash, you would call it zucca. They don't make they don't make a, they don't a distinction. Huh? No, they don't make a distinction. They but they do with their cookies. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And zuppa, you said zuppa de pesce yep. is a fish soup. Yep. And zuppa de pesci is, of course, soup made by Joe Pesci. So yes, we just want exactly. to make sure that people know that. Uh, talk to me about something we see a lot okay. these days. Uh, as people sort of expand and elevate their pizza uh, game. Okay. Uh, fior di latte. What is oh. fior? And di latte, we know from cafe latte. Yes. Tell me about fior di latte. So fior, which is a, a shortened form, form of the word fiore, which means flower. It's the flower of the milk. It's mm. theori- theoretically made with the best flower of- that grows out of the ground, a beautiful flower. Yeah, not- like a beautiful flower, a daisy, a rose. So, well, yeah, sure. yeah. So it's okay. the flower of the milk. So it's a very romanticized way to say the best part of the milk. In other words, when you have milk and the cream rises to the top, they would use that cream to make a milk product. Now, we don't really play in those terms anymore in North America. We have milk, we have cream, we have buttermilk, but we don't talk about fior di latte. Whereas in Italy, if you get something that's made of fior di latte, it's really creamy and delicious, exquisite, and it has sort of like a a a, a, a beauty um, that's romantic as in the word fior di latte, right? So there's this, this real level, lovely subtlety in that product. So fior di latte is often what they refer to the mozzarella that you find on pizza. And it is a, a very soft mozzarella and it's called the fior di latte. Buffalo, okay. uh, uh, buffalo milk. So when you have, uh, what do you call that, that cheese made of buffalo milk? Uh, um, mozzarella uh, di buffalo? Mozzarella di buffalo is often <laughs> made with fior di latte. Thank you. <laughs> um, Let's talk about the word crema. I know I've gone uh, out of order now, but I I, I wanted to address because crema, you just uh, talked about the cream. It's not panna. You're right. You're right, my friend. Sorry, go on. You're right. You're 100% right what you're bringing forward. Well, it's just a loaded thing, right? Because crema, uh, you have it in your coffee con crema, and then you have like it in a dessert, and then you have it in the cheese, the cream, right? So, So if somebody says crema, is it all... Uh, what do you call it? Context dependent? No, you would never ask for crema with your coffee because crema in Italian means a cream made with egg yolk. Right. Versus panna, which is a cream made with with, uh, milk, right? So panna is the whipped cream that we know, right? Crema is a cream that's made with egg yolk. Now, if you go to an Italian bar and you say... I want an Americano with crema. They'll pretty much figure out what you want. They're not going to put an egg cream in your in your uh, <laughs> coffee or they'll ask you, they'll give you a quizzical look and they might say con latte with milk and you'd be like, yeah, with a little bit of milk, right? They don't have cream the way we have it here, which is sure. a, because generally speaking, Italians will use homogenized milk. 
they'll use a high fat cream. So they don't make a distinction where we're like 2%, 1%. Now, now that's changing in Italy for sure. But at at one time milk was milk. You didn't portion it out with the degrees of fat content in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you also get into the world of the crema on top of your Oh, um, yes, crema on top of your of top of your coffee. You're right. Yes. So if you say crema when you're talking about coffee, it's that little creamy um layer on top of your espresso that denotes that the coffee was 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 made nicely, right? And that's the crema. That, if you're talking about coffee, that's the crema that they have there. But if you're talking in the world of desserts, crema is a cream made with yolk. Uh, like a like a like a yeah, like a like a creamy th- substance made with egg yolks. Yeah. Last one here, buddy. I want to know about this again. It's in the pizza world. Okay. The way Fior di Latte has become sort of, you know, a sign that, oh, this is not a generic chain. This is yeah. a place with elevated pizza. I also see Induja or Induya sausage oh, yeah. everywhere. What is that word? Why does it yeah. start with an apostrophe? Yeah. And what is the J? How is the J pronounced there? So the J has a ya sound, right? Because okay. the, the the letter J is not a uh, Italian letter, so it doesn't appear in their alphabet, or it's not used in the language itself. It's a borrowed word. Nanduya uh, is a is a spreadable pork salami from Calabria. So it's like a it's it would fall under salumi. It's not a salsiccia, so it's not a sausage, but it's a soft salami oh, that's spicy okay. yeah no I, I i that that is probably some people might say it's a sausage but it's more of a salami in my opinion i don't know it's debatable because would you cook you can cook with nanduya but you can okay anyways nanduya is a spreadable salami from calabria uh it looks odd because it's actually not an italian word it's a word from the dialect in Calabria, which is Calabrese, and I'll have to look more into that. And I'll, I'll, I'll get yeah. The- I had sausage written yeah. here uh, based on my research. Then I just looked it up, yeah. And it's like um, it, Italy's funky, spicy, spreadable salumi. So yeah. uh, I guess yeah, it's I, something. I, I'm I'm grateful that you brought it up because it's something you're seeing more and more in recipes that wasn't there a while ago. Just like guanciale is something that you see a lot now, but like 10 years ago, you never heard of it. I would say nanduya has appeared in menus over the last five years. It's been something that has come. It's such a regional dish, too, that it took a while for it to even appear in Italian cuisine, like from the northern right. part of Italy. But now that it's expanded to Europe, we're seeing it much more here and there in in North American cuisine, too. Spreadable fermented pork salumi spiked with fiery Calabrian chilies. Yeah, there you go. It's delicious. Whether yeah. you go sausage or you go, you know, um, salumi, it's uh, it's fantastic. Is uh, is what we know about it for sure. Um, I feel like you know your stuff. I mean, yeah. I have to admit, this guy he knows what's going on. Tell me one last thing. Yeah. What is your reaction when people say? Gelato is the same thing as ice cream, just Italian ice cream. Where do you, uh, is that, is that factual? Is that forgivable? Is that well, acceptable? It would or? be like saying sorbet is like ice cream is ice cream. Sorbet is its own thing. Ice cream is its own thing. It's a chilled or frozen dessert, right? Gelato is its own Italian uh, frozen dessert, right? So um, is it, is it ice cream? No. Is it the closest thing to ice cream? Yes. Uh, but it's its own thing. And if you've had gelato and you've had ice cream, a Haagen-Dazs versus a, a gelato, they're going to taste different. Both are going to be great. I'm not knocking one over the other. It's just different. But there are two things I want to mention that we, 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 that the, here are the two things that drive me crazy when I'm in a restaurant. 
There we go. You know, I tried to end on yep, gelato, nope. a nice dessert, nope. nice just nope. end on a sweet note. No, this guy has to bring his rage into it. All right, go ahead. Buddy. So, what drives you crazy? Parmigiano is the name for the cheese Parmesan. It's not Parmesan. That's the one thing when people ask for. Have Parmesan. you ever heard that in yes. your life? Yes, Parmesan Come cheese. On. Yep. Parmesan. I, I'll accept Parmesan. Parmigiano. Do you know what Parmesan is to me? Parmesan what? is. The same, the same thing as like, uh, like my, my sons will joke and say jalapenos for jalapenos. Yes. Yep. And in my mind, I'm like, well, nobody's ever said jalapenos, but they probably, there are probably people who say that. Why? Of course there are. So of course there are people who say Parmesan, but I, I thought it would be so rare and so like, I don't know. Somebody in Alabama who just sees an Italian menu for the first yeah. time. I can't believe you in the metropolitan city of Toronto is, it, are you hearing Parmesan. Yeah, Unbelievable. Parmesan, yeah. Okay. And the other thing that a lot of people get incorrect, and I don't have a problem with it, but what I'm seeing is chefs referring to it like this now, and it's driving me crazy. If you're in the industry, you should know better. But tagliatelle is how you say it in Italian for tagliatelle. The G is not not pronounced in Italian. it has a ya sound, like lasagna, right? You don't pronounce the G. It's not lasagna, right? Tagliatelle is how you say it, right? But what I'm noticing in the restaurant industry is people are referring them to as tagliatelle. I can't even say it. And they'll say tags for that kind of pasta. And I want it to stop. Tags. Because, yeah, they'll say tag. We'll have tag pasta or tag. And it's like, no, no, that's talia means to cut. And this is cut pasta that's cut in lines, in, in Strips, long yeah. lines. Tagliatelle is how you say it. And that's the one thing that drives me crazy when restaurant people use the incorrect term. Mm. And and when he says uh, that's the one thing that drives me crazy, that is uh, 100% uh, not factual about him. There are about 9,000 things, but that's like a 48-hour marathon yep. episode that we haven't gotten around to. Uh, good stuff, though, Marco. Yeah, I definitely learned some things. I, I had some stuff I was going to present to you, and then um, you know, I thought I knew what I needed to know about yeah. it, but you added some very uh, interesting context, uh, especially around the pepperoni. You know, It's good to know. It's good to know. You know for me, that's the fascinating stuff that like people going to say India and ordering a chicken sure. tikka masala. I think it's valuable to explain to people like that's not a dish that was like now you might find it in hotels in India sure. and stuff like that. Certainly. But that was created by the diaspora in, in, in the UK, you know, right. it was just like something completely uh, different uh, from, from what was made uh, classically in, in, in India. So anyway, I, I really like knowing about that stuff that can, you know, uh, make you feel a little bit more confident in your ordering when you're when you're on the road when you're out there. And, yeah, uh, the- and I know there's going to be Italians who listen to this who have issues with what I said. Feel free to email us at this podcast is delicious at gmail dot com, and I will respond to those emails. I'm sure there's going to be things where Marco, you described it like this because I'm like that when someone says something Italian, they're like, no, they didn't get it right. It's actually this. So feel free to send those letters. But we should have guests on who work in the restaurant industry, um, Ali, who. Um, speak other languages and to, to sort of focus on like some Chinese words that we find on menus or in restaurants that we don't know or all over. And, and we were discussing maybe having some like an episode where we talk about some South Asian or Hindi words. Uh, and that would be interesting, too. Yeah, absolutely. And also speaking of yeah. uh, different foods, we went on a food tour. With uh, a fantastic guy, Suresh Das. Oh, wow. Uh, Can you call it a, a, a food tour? It was like a glorious uh, archaeological dig into the it cuisine was. Was. of this wonderful city we live in and the and the multiculturalism that has made it great. I don't know how else to describe. There's no word yeah, to describe. That's, what we that's great. Oh. Suresh is a food expert, but also, you know, 
loves chronicling the history of why things exist where they do in the city, how they came to be, and, uh, you know, talking about the history of why this plaza has this people there and what... Um, you know, what gets built around where well, that Armenian church started first. And then that's why these Armenian yeah. bakeries are here and this kind of stuff. very, very fascinating stuff. And that is something that we're working on sort of, um, I mean, it was like a six hour day, right? So right. we are working on breaking that into chunks and presenting that to you in, um, you know, bite-sized format. So that's, that's, what's coming up. We have some interviews coming up and, uh, and yeah, we're, 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 we're back and excited. Next episode, we're going to talk about hot dogs. We're yeah. going to take a little bit. We're going niche. You know, I was like, should we talk about the grill? It's prime grilling season. Uh, we're going further into the grill, yeah. and we're going to talk about hot dogs. And uh, I think that'll be exciting. Yeah. So that is our episode for today. Thank you Thank so you. much for tuning in. This is this podcast is delicious. I'm Ali Hassan. And I'm Marco Timpano. You can find us on Instagram at this podcast is delicious you can find our episodes where can people find all our because we made a bunch of references to our old episode you can find our whole catalog anywhere you listen to podcasts whether that be spotify tune in um apple podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts you'll find our podcast this podcast is delicious my friends that's it for today until we eat and drink again